Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst. The trailer booking at Billy Bones. A Paolo Dicario. West Ham Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. Guess who's back? Back again. <laughs> Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? I am George, and that's Sean. Hello, Sean. Hi, George. We're You're back. back then, are you? We're back. We're back. <laughs> and for um, those who don't know, here. we were going to go, weren't we? We, we? we talked about going, yes, but we're here. Um, with new technology, so we can all do it remotely from, and I can record from the Outer Hebrides. Uh, and John's here. Hello, John. Hello. Not as enthusiastically as Sean, but I'm here. Uh, are you going to sing us a song about being back? No, I've got no intention. Eminem, go and do your favourite Eminem song. I've got no intention of singing whatsoever, but I'm glad to be back. Will, will you sing Little P later? No, I will not sing no. Little P. I okay. am not 12. <laughs> and uh, Sean, do you want to introduce our exciting new presenter joining in the morning? Yeah, just so um, we got him on a free transfer. He he has been on other podcasts, which we won't mention. And uh, we got him on a free transfer. We had to... Uh, um, I, think, I think the other podcasts have had to sort of um, subsidise some of his wages. Uh, it is the former, he was born, he's an East End boy, he's a Cockney. It was born in Barking or East Ham or something like that. It's all the same to me. Um, he, <laughs> <laughs> he was the founder of Hughes View and one of the founders against the anti-stadium move. Um, he is a professional protester. He is a committee member of WISA. It's Nigel Khan! <laughs> Welcome, Nigel, what as one of intro. our new full-time presenters. Yeah. Welcome, Nigel. Thank you very Welcome, much. Welcome, Nigel. Thank you very much. Are you pleased it's good to, to be part of the back. team? Officially. Yeah, he, he said, are you are you glad to be part of the team now? Uh, yeah, I feel honoured. I feel honoured. You know, I, I think I was interviewed in the first series, and I've probably been spoken to every series. So, yeah, it's, it's good to be part of the team, having a laugh. 
This is what what I like about football. Yeah, Good. you're like a bad smell. We couldn't really get rid of you, kind of thing. So we thought, well, if you can't well, beat it's, them, it's a phrase you know well, Sean. <laughs> you know, we're going to have some banter, banter, aren't we? Um, we're have some good bants this season, yes. I believe. <laughs> You've got to work hard to get one over on me, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. Right, so we'll go straight into it because we've got quite a bit to get through and we've got um, part one of an exclusive interview with uh, co-chairman David Gold, which is exciting as always, isn't it, Sean? Always exciting, yeah. Um, so we go straight into talking about the disappointing game yesterday. Um, that is, of course, the Man United game, the first game of the season. The 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 optimism of a new year and a new start was there, but once again, same old West Ham. We let everyone down. But did we expect it, John? Um, I've been supporting West Ham for quite a few years, and I did not expect us to go. To Man United away, first game of the season and win. No, I was. Ex- I had uh, suggested it'd be a two-nil loss. I was surprised to lose four-nil, but the performance wasn't great. But you know, I wasn't, you know, shocked that we did. No. So, John and Sean, we watched it together in my front room in the Outer Hebrides. But Nigel, you actually went to the game. So, do you want to be the one that sort of talks us through it? Because you saw it firsthand. Yes. Um, it wasn't very good, was it, to be fair? As John said, did we really expect it? Probably. The first game was of the season. Both teams start fresh. So actually, that's probably your best chance of actually having an upset, i.e. the Burnley and Huddersfields, what they'd done the day before. But then it was just so much West Ham, wasn't it? The the, the way we played, there was... It, for me, you could tell that, that there was a lot of new players in that team and they haven't gelled yet. And I think that's the problem when you keep buying new players for a season, for a season, put them in the first team. They're going to take three or four games to get used to playing and, and work out a way to play with and feed Chikorito properly because the poor bloke got starved of any decent service. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought we... We started off quite well, to be honest. I thought we, our game plan was clear. We were going to try and defend and, and nick one on the break. But when you're playing one up front and it's Chikorito, he's not a striker who can play on his own up front. I don't think so. Um, so I, I think we were undone as soon as soon as they scored. I thought it was only going one way from there. Yeah, I, I mean, I was during the game, I was, I was with my nephew and I said to him, I, I think he needs a Sacco or Andy Carroll next to him. You need to play realistically a 4-4-2. He's not the type of player that you can feed the ball up to and he will hold it up. I mean, I don't know how tall he is. He looks about 5'7", 5'8", to me. And we were just pinging long balls to him sometimes from the back. And you just think, why are we kicking it to him? You know, Arnautovic is at least taller than him. Give it to him if you're going to hit it long. But, you know, as John said, sadly, we've seen it all before. No, I think the ideal would be to have Andy Carroll alongside him, but you know, how often are we going to see that this year? Will Sean, you play 4-4-2? I don't think so. Sean's got his hand up. He wants to speak. Well, look, the bookies had us down at 11-1, and I wrote uh, a blog um, saying depressing Do you write a blog, facts. Sean? I do, for Clarence and Hugh. And uh, actually, I'll, I'll announce it now. I've got a new column. I've agreed with Ian Dale. I'm going to do a Sunday column 
on West Ham till I die soon. I don't I don't exactly know what I'm gonna write when I have a Sunday column. But oh, fantastic. Um, eleven to one the bookies had us just down for the win, right? Um Lukaku had scored in seven out of eight games against us. We hadn't won there since uh, Tevez scored ten years ago. Um Man United had the best record for the opening day of the Premier League. We had the worst. And and Mourinho had never lost on a Sunday. So (laughs) all the things were against us, right? The the chance. And then there were these people who just think, yeah, yeah, Chikorito hat-trick, we win 3-0. And you're thinking, you're in dreamland. We were out without Lanzini. We were without um, Antonio. Um, You know... And and we're you know Sacco was only just coming back. We were out with with two of our major, not even counting Andy Carroll. And I, I just thought I don't know. It was a bit of nerves. The uh, Masuaku didn't have a very good game. Um, uh, Fernandez had a very poor game. Um, I'm, I was going to single out one other person who had a poor Obiang. game as well. Obiang. <clears throat> Had an awful game. We we said yeah. about those three. I think um, I think that that's 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 Obiang's worst game he's had for us, definitely. But the the one person who stood out and and really showed the future. There's one thing to take away from the game. It was 18 year old Declan Rice. He 30 minutes. Assured. He did, and um, you know you've got to think. Uh, Reed didn't have a very good game either. You know, Reed plays a lot better than that, and I thought he had a bit of an off. I mean, they all had an off game, obviously. Even um, uh, Zabaleta made a mistake. Um, Hart probably should have saved one of them and, and made a mistake. And so I, it was an all-round, you know, bad day at the office. And and you know, as I expected to lose. I really thought it was a two-nil loss. But, you know, we conceded two late goals after we gave up and it, it made it a lot worse um, to make it 4-0. And it was, and this will be your, your link into the stats, I was right in the running order just an hour ago before um, we d- did this podcast and I was overwriting the stats from last week, uh, uh, sorry, last season for Liverpool when we lost 4-0. And guess what? The stats were exactly the same. We lost 4-0. The possession was identical. The shots on target were identical for West Ham. And the shots at Liverpool versus Man United were the same as well. So there you go. Time to move on. The real season starts against Saints at St Mary's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fell asleep. Oh, sorry, Sean. You're going to gang up. You three are going to gang up on me, aren't you? Yeah, we are. Why take Noble off when Obiang was clearly having a shocker, though? Yeah, I agree. I could yeah. not fathom that out. I know I love Noble and I'm a bit defensive of him, but you know that just I don't know. When he's your captain, for me that sets the wrong example. Yeah, I, I agree. Obiang was didn't have a good. IU was pretty awful. A lack of pace again. I suppose with no Lanzini, Antonio. But we had a very sort of poor, sort of slow movement all the time, wasn't it? So it wasn't very impressive at all. But like Sean says, onwards and upwards. Yeah, Bring so on the, quick, the, the Saints, Sean, as you like Saints, to call them. The Saints away. Uh, quickly onto the stats then. Uh, we had 33% possession. They had 67. We had 10 shots, 3 on target. They had 26 shots with 11 on target. And God knows how many corners. We lost count of corners very early on, didn't we? Yeah. Are you going to call them the Red Devils? I'm not. No, you can, though. Okay. Go on, then. 
the Red Devils had 67% possession. People were saying, and I, I think this is um, Manchester United probably fans, saying it was the best game they've ever seen since Alex Ferguson left. Would you? Well, if you, if you listen to the radio today, they were um, so over the top about Man United's back and they're real title contenders and all this over this one game. So you have to put into context who they were playing, I think, and let's wait yeah. and see. A little bit of humour before we move on. Uh, Andy Goldstein, as you know, I have little run-ins with him on TalkSport, um, was doing work for Man United, doing Man United TV, and he tried to blag himself into the director's box and he was turned away. Now, unfortunately, he was allowed in after, but he kept, he was persistent, he was allowed in after uh, 35 minutes, so he had the last laugh and said, I stood behind your chairman when to watch all four goals, but um, I just thought I'd mentioned that. Oh, did he reply he's to a you? Blagger. Yeah, he did. He went. Did he? I watched all four calls, and I thought you didn't get in for the first half an hour because you were turned away. Not anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the for me to say? Sure, sure. Let's hear what the gaffer had to see. Good evening. Yeah, enough. To be fair, I, I, uh, the game could have finished two 0 No, we could have scored one goal or whatever, but, but. But it wasn't to be, and and it was a, it, it's a very bad result for us. They they were they were much better than us today in every department of the game. They were better without the ball. They were better with the ball. We we knew that they have that that individual quality and they have that pace. That have they have strength and everything. That's why we didn't want to leave. Let them be in one against one situations. So we wanted to create when they have a ball two against one, two against one that that we can cope with that. But in the majority of the game, it it wasn't to be. So if you if they are one against one, or if they give them time and space to turn in those little pockets and dangerous areas, then then they are very little and they show today. Well, it shouldn't affect our confidence, although it will. It will, of course. We are very low at the moment, and the players feel very bad, starting with me. But that's okay. That is Manchester United, and uh, we have no other option. And it's our obligation and everything to to pick up ourselves and 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 prepare for the second game of the season against Southampton. Well, we are we are expecting there are a few of them from the last season, and Sheku and Manuel from this like from this preseason, and uh, Mike Antonio should be back for the game against Southampton and then Sheku Manuel and even Andy Carroll should be should be there for the game against uh, against Newcastle the third game of the season latest after international break which is after that game but uh, all of them will be back very soon but despite that you know we can talk about that but uh, we had pretty decent team out and I expected more Sorry. Confidence is low. You said. How is it when confidence is low and you have to play three games away from home at the start of the season? I know that's forty points, but 
Well, look, it is difficult, but 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 it's not that difficult, you know. We are not okay. Uh, we ain't gonna forget about this game and say uh, it just happened. You know, we have to analyze this game. But on the other hand, it's first game of the season, and 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 we we can't lose confidence just just because of one game. Especially that game is against it against Man United, and especially that we conceded. Let's be honest, we conceded first couple of goals. Uh, from our big, big mistakes, like the first goal, and we were all right until then, and it was very deep into the first half, and we had a situation that was very promising for us. For that to go into that situation, you have to open yourself, but it's easy ball. It is the position and the place or space where you can't lose the ball against Man United. We've done it, and we had a chance to equalize at the at the end of the first half, okay, second half, we conceded a goal from a set piece that we knew that they are good at. They had that power and uh, size and everything. <coughs> and then after that, it's, it's very hard to play against them, especially when they start to play on counter attacks, when they are waiting for your for your mistakes or to get the ball. And uh, so uh, we can't lose our confidence and everything. Uh, just because we lost here, no matter how this result is, uh, is is bad for us. Thank you very much. Thanks. There you go, John. What do you think? Well, he's understandably downbeat, but it is for, but in context. First game of the season, nothing to see here. Let's move on. That's what I think. Well put. I can, couldn't agree more, actually. Uh, okay, Sean, you probably should intro this next part. You spoke to co-chairman David Gold recently. Was it Saturday morning? Yeah, so I spoke to him Saturday morning. We thought we wanted a, you know, a, a, a big name guest to restart and relaunch the podcast. Um, and so we we I, I caught up with him the day before the Premier League um, for West Ham started on on Saturday morning, and um, in part one. Um, we're talking about a number of things. We're talking about his is talking about teenagers on on social media and how it's out of context. We're talking about um, his involvement in the transfer window and and how that happens behind the scenes and about which ones are chairman's picks and which ones are picked by Slav. Um, and um, we talk we talk about a lot of things. We talk about whether he will. Um, and I think some of this will move into part two. We talk about his ownership and his succession plan with his daughters and whether whether he would ever, under any circumstances, sell the club. We talk about the interest he charged on the shareholder loans. And then we finally, on part two, which will be next week, we talk about um, his his predictions and his hopes for this season in, in both a cup run and, um, and league position. So without further ado, here is DG. He was a former West Ham youth player. He is a successful businessman and joint chairman and owner of our beloved club. We welcome back to more than just the podcast, David Gold. Good morning, DG. Good morning, Sean. Good morning. The day before the start of the Premier League season, it seems <laughs> it seems a long time waiting for it. Yeah, I guess it does, uh, but it's exciting, isn't it? You know, um, I'd rather be starting off a, 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 with a home game, um, but sadly that's uh, not possible. But, uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm still excited. You know, you're going away to, to Manchester United, one of the greatest uh, stadiums and, and teams in the world. 
and we're competing with them, and that's uh, uh, that's great. For, I mean, I can remember when you used to go to Manchester United and think, you know, uh, what kind of beating are we going to get today? Um, but you know, now that that confidence is beginning to come in, not only to the to the team and to the manager, but you know, fans as well are becoming optimistic about the future. Well, first, let me congratulate you on behalf of all the fans on uh, Hart, Zabaleta, Anatovic and Chikorito. Um There's a new air of excitement and anticipation, I think, of the season. So I know the business might not be done completely yet, and we won't quiz you on that before the end of the transfer <laughs> window. Sure. But you, you're, you're happy so far with, with, with well, the, these, the deals? You, you, can't, you can't do better than deliver the... Uh, the requirements of the manager, and and uh, and there were times when we, you know, felt that uh, should we buy our, our second or third choice um, while the opportunity is there, um, but we were patient, uh, and we, um, and it, you know, it was getting a bit with every week that went by that you didn't get that signing. You know, for example, you know, you, you needed a, a centre forward. No question about it. You could argue that we needed two centre forwards, but at least we needed one uh, quality centre forward. Um, and Hernandez was uh, at the top of our list, uh, certainly the top of the man- manager's list, and we all agreed. Um, but then the opportunity to to get the third choice became available, um, and you think, do you do you buy the third choice or do you wait? And of course. Sometimes you wait and you end up with a false choice. Um, but our patience paid off. We got our number one target and, uh, and we're delighted. And, and to be honest, that's pretty much happened with all the, you know, the four major signings um, that we've got our first choice. Um, in each case, another year, you get none of them. Yeah. Can you explain your role? How, how does it work, your involvement in transfer policy and decisions? Can you lift the veil and the mystery of it? What Do you all have a meeting with, with the manager? And we always hear David Sullivan work 24 by 7, but, but I'm sure that it's a bigger picture than that. Well, you know, we all, we all have our opinions. We all have our viewpoints, and, and, we, and we make them clear. But in the main, um, you know, I've worked very, very closely with David Sullivan for, for 30 years. Um, you know, we're like a, an old married couple. Um, uh, you know, he starts a sentence and I finish it, or the other way around. So, you know, we we and we trust each other. You know, he's got his role, I've got my role, and and, and I, I have to say, uh, I think that I am and the club is very fortunate in having David Sullivan um, on board in the way that he does, and he he is a workaholic. Um, he takes responsibility. Uh, and, uh, and I'm a great admirer of, of him. So how does it work? Does Tony Henry and Slavin come up with a list and then it's reviewed by yourself, Karen and, and David? Is it a formal meeting or is it done over email? What, no, no. What um, you know, we, we have chats and it's uh, very informal um, and uh, mainly it comes from Slavin. Slavin will, will give a list of the, of, the, of the players that he's looking for and, and he will give a list... Uh, of first, second, and sometimes third choice, and then uh, it's up to, uh, uh, to David to uh, to get agents on board because it's the agents in the main that uh, that drive this, and um, 
And I think that if you uh, look over, certainly this season, you can see how well it works. And it's a tried and trusted system. It's been it's worked all, all the ten years or nearly ten years that we've been at West Ham, and uh, and of course it worked for nearly twenty years at, at Birmingham. So, um, you know, it, uh, it's not broken. Don't fix it. Yeah, I mean, people often talk about, oh, that's a David Sullivan pick, or that's a chairman pick. Does it ever work like that, that a, a player is bought by yourself or Karen or, or uh, David Sullivan well, directly uh, to Slav? Yes, um, but what what it would be, if a player is brought in, uh, that uh, uh, it's usually a young player um, that, uh, that we bring in, um, and we say to Slav, look, we're bringing this player in, and it's not affecting your budget. This is, yeah. you know, this is the board's uh, uh, decision uh, that, um, you know, that we 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 fancy this uh, this player. Uh, uh, he could be anything. He could be a complete flop, or he could be a superstar. We don't want this to impact on you. you your your requirements have been fulfilled. This is something that we're doing. If you like, it's an indulgence of of the uh, of the owners. So would that be something like the Swiss player that you recently signed? That, that yeah, I think that's yeah. probably a good example. That is a good example. But you know, we would we you know uh, uh, our first requirement is to fulfil Slavin's requirements. You know, uh, his targets. That's our first um, priority. Yeah, um, so and to that end, crystal clear. The, the four signings we've signed, they're all Slav's pick. Oh, absolutely. And the yeah. last one, I can't remember. I mean, if you go back to last season, um, uh, I, I can't think of a signing that wasn't uh, wasn't Slavin's um, either approval or requirement. So it's usually if it's if it's if it's a first team, if you're if he's putting a list of the players that he wants. They're they're the ones that David Sullivan and the team will go out and pursue. You know that is that is you know please don't feel that this is any other uh, structure. Good, I think you, you've cleared that up because I think there is a lot of confusion over that and there's a lot of rumours that go around on social media. Could, could we move on to the London Stadium? The, the London sure. Stadium, you know, we we got through that tricky first season and, and you know we, we're past the early troubles. Um, and problems, and I think people are starting to settle down now. Um, before the move, the London Stadium was described as having the ability to move us to the next level. I just, I just wondered if you could take the opportunity to define, in your view, what the next level is and what it, how long it, that might take. You mean how long is a piece of string? Um, yeah, what, all right, we'll define what the, the next level is, because I think that, that sometimes is misunderstood. Some people believe it's Champions League in in a certain number of years. What is it to you? To me, it's growth. To me, it is forever improving. If we're going forward, and the best and easiest way to do that is to say, where did we finish up um, in the league? Or did we win a... Or how far did we get in, in the Cubs? What we need to... Uh, what we mean by the next level is that we want to be challenging at the highest level. Nobody knows where that is. It's, you know, it's a moving... A uh, moving item. Um, we want to do better. We want to challenge at the highest level. West Ham United has been the fourth largest um, football club in London. It has been like that 
since I was a boy. Go back 50 years ago. Um, I remember when we were had a, a lengthy period in the in the 50s in the in the second division or the old second division. Um, you know, uh, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs. You know, they were much bigger clubs than us, and they were all they were all in the in the uh, in the so-called first division, which is now the Premier League. Um, West Ham, we as I say, as long as you can remember, have been the fourth largest. We've got to break that mould. We've got to challenge those four clubs. We've got to get closer to them. And I think that's what we're doing. And I think part of going to the Olympic Stadium, bringing in the fans, we always believed that the fans were there. There just wasn't the ability to get to Upton Park and to... And I know, look, the, the most important thing for me to say is that my love of Upton Park has been my life as a young man, right from the age of about seven, um, you know, right the way through. It's a long, long time, Sean, that, yeah. uh, you know, that I've been a fan of, of West Ham United. And I loved Upton Park um, just across the road from where I lived uh, as a young boy. Um, so the last thing I wanted to do was leave Upton Park. But if if we were to challenge at the highest level, you keep doing the same thing and expect a different result, you're mad. And that's well, what I we were doing. I think it goes back uh, to, I mean, unfortunately, and, and this was before the relegation, David Sullivan, I'm sure he knows that on record, we've got a seven-year plan to get to Champions League. Now, maybe an unguarded moment, but of course, the fans will keep on bringing that up because it's forever on there. So, but that only shows his enthusiasm and his, and his optimism, you know. The fact that he's not, or that we've not achieved that, um, you know, obviously, yes, it will be held against us. But that doesn't alter the fact that that's our belief and our desire and our passion, our passion to get to the Champions League, our passion to, um, you know, go to finals in the, in the FA Cup and the, and the League Cup. Um, that's what we want to do. And maybe sometimes we're over-optimistic, um, but that doesn't alter the fact that our desire and our passion to achieve these things is there for all to see. Yeah. I, I know you said you lived opposite in 442, and I, only just uh, last week I was uh, in, Green, in Green Street because I, I went to see the mural that's been created just off um, uh, Priory Road. Um, and I saw a single um, turret standing from the bowling ground. I don't know if you know, but that was knocked down yesterday. So there is no, it is completely flattened now. That's from yesterday. Uh, yeah, it's sad. I mean, look, it's sad, Sean. There's no question, no question about that. But what we must do... Um, we move on. We must move on. Uh, and I know that even you know, occasionally I see pictures, that, uh, you know, on the internet uh, and uh, on Twitter... Um, I don't want to see them, to be honest. I, I, I want to be able to see maybe in a couple of years' time, you know, a magnificent, um, um, you know, improvement um, and, and housing and and, and and surgeries and all things like that. Um, but I've got, we must, I must, we must, um, you know, move on and not dwell on yeah. on the past. I know hindsight's a wonderful thing, but do you have any regrets about moving to the London Stadium? Is there anything with hindsight you would have done any differently? Yes, I would have liked to. I mean, I, my anger is still at the way they built the original stadium. Um, they could have built it in such a way that it would have been much, much, much more football friendly. Um, 
But having said that, I still wouldn't change anything. I believe the future of our football club. You know, my hope is that one day we'll have a 66,000-seater uh, stadium full to the brim uh, because there's no doubt that there are more West Ham fans out there than we than we believed um, uh, or some believed. I mean, we, we always felt that, uh, that we'd have no problem um, filling 50, uh, 57,000. But, you know, we, we now believe that we can fill the stadium at 66,000. Uh, and, and that, you know, that alone, you know, um, people talk about, oh, it's all about money. <laughs> well, you ask the players, it's all about money. You ask the managers, it's all about money. It's about money because it's money that buys and brings in top quality players that then win for your football club, our football club, um, success. Um, and uh, 66,000 uh, fans and and uh, and the and the uh, atmosphere that that creates uh, helps to win win football matches. The money that it generates brings in the players uh, and the atmosphere. Uh, all of that added together um, can bring success. So there's no guarantee, of course. There's no there's no guarantee. But um, if you look at the stats. Uh, um, Manchester United have got 75,000 seater stadium, um, and you know they're the, one of the greatest clubs in, in the world. Um, so you know there is a correlation between um, large stadiums and um, and successful football clubs. I know, I know one of the problems for traditionalists, you know, and and, and this goes for me as well, is the, the the money and the TV schedules is sort of a death of uh, Saturday 3pm football. Um, West Ham are becoming a very attractive proposition for the TV companies. We've got one game against Swansea in September at 3pm kickoff. Um, we've got two in December. One of them's Chelsea. I think that's almost definitely going to move as well. And a Newcastle one two days before Christmas could move again. So we might only have one Saturday 3pm kickoff. Um, and, and sometimes the season ticket holders like myself feel like second-class citizens after, and, and we're, we're playing second fiddle to the, the TV schedules. I know this is not a West Ham problem, um, but it seems crazy to me that this old idea of the Premier League, you can't have televised games at 3 p.m. on a Saturday, um, it, it, it still it seems so antiquated. Do, do, do you think, as someone who goes to the Premier League chairman's meetings, could there be change of, of televising games on a Saturday, 3 p.m.? There can always be a change, but you know, there's also a price to pay. Um, remember what we have. We have the greatest league the world has ever known. Uh, nothing comes for free. Uh, we've got this greatest league, the most exciting league. We've got the best players that we can go and see. Uh, we can see them, we can touch them, we can feel them. You know, uh, we're there, we're right there um, experiencing that. And yes, the price is that the TV is, is what is generating this world um, phenomenon, if you like. Um, and the price is that TV um, needs to maximize its income and, the, and that money then comes to the clubs and that enables the clubs to bring in the greatest players in the world uh, to the greatest league in the world. And that's the price we have to pay. But if Premier League clubs 
altogether, because each one owns a 20, 120th share, decided to televise games. I mean, originally you couldn't televise games on a Saturday because they were worried about crowds. I, th I think we're past that now. It, it, the rest of the world get to watch, obviously, the games when they're, they're broadcast yeah. live on the Saturday. Do, do you see there, there's an appetite within within the Premier League to, to have televised games in the future on a Saturday afternoon? No, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, I, I, I attend every Premier League meeting, and, and I don't actually see that. Um, sure, it's an issue, um, but... Yeah, you know when when um, uh, Richard Scudamore and his team are uh, in negotiations with um, uh, with the TV companies, um, and and then, and then Richard Scudamore then speaks to us and says, <clears throat> you know, um, what is your priority? And the priority is to maximise the income, um, to maximise the income. So particularly from the big clubs. Um, the big clubs, the big six, um, are always looking to um, maximise income because they're in competition with Barcelona and uh, Real Madrid, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, um, you know, uh, what brings in the most money? Because they want to bring in the best players to compete in in the uh, in Europe. Um, so, you know, it, it's extremely difficult. Not, it's not a uh, clear-cut view. My personal opinion is that I think that, uh, and I think this is true, uh, that every every uh, year, every negotiations, and remember the deals are, are three-year contracts with uh, with the television companies. Um, every time that that comes up, then that should the uh, the, um, the Saturday issue, the 3 p.m. Saturday issue, should also be brought up. You know, oh, it's, it's not written in stone. It's not in the founders' agreement. So uh, you know that uh, uh, that we we should look at that every time, and I think that predominantly that's the case. It is brought up. It is an issue that uh, uh, that we're all sensitive to, and um, uh, nothing's forever. Uh, and and yeah. every aspect should be uh, should be considered. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I mean, personally, you, know, you don't have to comment on this. I see a day where, you know, clubs will sell their own TV rights. 
you know, when, when a con- maybe not the next contract renewal with, with Sky and BT, but there will come a time where the, the Premier League clubs will sell their own rights directly to fans across the world in a pay-per-view model as, as technology gets better. No, it's always a, pos- it's always a possibility. Um, but as we speak, uh, you've got competition between uh, Sky and, and, and BT, and that competition keeps... Um, maximising the the income to the Premier League. The Premier League, in an ideal world, prefers it that way, but there's always the possibility uh, that uh, the, the Premier League would uh, would go its own way. As, as you rightly say, um, uh, the technology is improving all the time, makes it uh, much easier, whereas at one time, only really, uh, I remember as a young man, only BBC could... Uh, could um, you know put together a program of this magnitude, um, but now we've got Sky, who's huge. We've got BT, that's huge. Um, and, and let's face it, they are, from a financial point of view and from maintaining um, the Premier League as the greatest league the world has ever known, they are doing a fantastic job. Yeah, and, and, and if that's and, your you criteria, know, if that's yeah. your criteria, your criteria might be no, we want. And l- let me tell you, you hear it. You hear it from fans who say, you know, I would rather stay at Upton Park and play in the uh, in the championship. Um, well, you see, it depends what's driving you. What's driving me is success. I want success for our football club. Um, if that means, um, uh, you know, uh, not being able to watch my team on a, on a Saturday uh, at 3 p.m., uh, I'm prepared to live with that because I'm driven by wanting success for my football club. I want to win the FA Cup again. Uh, I want to um, uh, be competing uh, with, the, with the top six football clubs in, 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 in the, uh, in the Premier, Premier League. Other people have uh, different requirements. That's what drives me. Um, some fans would say, you know, I don't care about the money. I, I'd rather, I'd rather I, don't, I don't have to have a, my team full of um, internationals. Um, I want to. I want to be able to watch it on a Saturday afternoon. I get that as well. I understand it because there's probably a time as a young man I would have agreed with that. But I've just had, now I have different passions and different desires and and different ambitions. Mm. And, we, and I think we get that. But there's a symbiotic relationship between fans and the TV. And I think the TV companies need us fans to create the atmosphere. Um, as we saw last night with, with you know, um, Arsenal and, and Leicester. What a, what a thriller and advert for the Premier League oh. battles with seven yeah. goals. <laughs> exactly. Fantastic. But, but the atmosphere was, was amazing there in, in, in the Emirates. Uh, and there's, and there's no evidence, There's no evidence at the moment that, that, uh, that that's failing in any way. I know there's always a concern, but I think last night was proof uh, although sadly I didn't see the match because I was watching the under-23s. Um, but I think that's proof that it's not broken, that it's still, mm. it's, you know, we, there, there's certain things we have to give up on. Um, but overall, I thought last night's game uh, was absolute proof of um, that the system is working. Yeah, missed opportunity for Lacazette and Giroud, of course. But they are. we both we both uh, well, no, uh, well. we move on. Well, um, at least you know, at least we we were there and we were challenging. Um, yeah. And there was hope. 
but you go back uh, 10 years, that wouldn't have been the case. We wouldn't yeah. have, uh, we wouldn't have even had an opportunity. But we're now beginning, you know, to flex our muscles and um, uh, we're in there with a the chance. I mean, you know, to get uh, Hernandez is, is, is an exciting um, achievement. Um, the, the most exciting chi- signing for a long time, I must say, with with, with Hernandez and Chicharito, I think will be a uh, as long as he tries and everything else, will be a, a fan favourite. You know, even if he doesn't score twenty goals, I, I yeah. think his his passion and everything I've seen about him, he's he's going to be a, a fan favourite almost immediately. Yeah. I, I think that's true, and uh, um, yeah, and that's the kind of thing we need. We need that passion and. Uh, and, and we want, we need, we need heroes. Uh, um, you know, the fans need heroes. I need heroes as a fan, mm. uh, and he could be one. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, I, I think all four, four, all the four major signings that we brought in, all of them could become heroes. To be honest yeah, with you, I, I agree. There you go, John. What have you got to say to that? Uh, I'd say I'd say it's quite a coup, really. Get Mr. Gold on your podcast, but I'll tell you a bit more about it when I've listened to it. So <laughs> I'm not going to blag that one. Uh, cool. Okay, so part two of that interview will be out in episode two of Mornish Podcast. Is that the plan, Sean? That is the plan. Yeah, Lovely. when when you've edited it, <laughs> of yep. course. We'll split it in two. Okay, so on to transfers. So you've written here the rumours that are floating around at the moment, but I think. It would be amiss of us if we didn't uh, mention the ones that have come in so far, especially, yeah. well, you know, they're such big names on paper, you know, that not everyone performed as well as they could have in the first game, but but I think it's worth talking about them. So, Nigel, who's your favourite signing of the four, without thinking about their performance on Sunday, obviously? Chikorito, I suppose, actually is the only one for me that I can honestly say, yes, I'm pleased to see. The only I one. Agree. <laughs> Sorry, nice crack on. No, the, 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 the Hart, if Hart was signed permanently, I'd be happy, but I feel, feel like he's only going to use us. He thinks he's better than he is and wants to play Champions League football. You know, unfortunately, he's played for Man City. Man United probably ain't going to want him. Chelsea, I doubt, will want him. He's running out of options. But the fact he only signed a year on loan and didn't seem to want to have a buyout clause involved, so his heart's not in it, boom, boom. Uh, for me, at West Ham, I think he just wants to do the year, put himself in the shop window. Sabaleta's 32, he's on his way out, in my opinion. And Arnautovic... I'm not really. I was never. He, he always done well against us, but when you watched him normally, you wouldn't actually pick him out as uh, someone that set the Premier League on fire, unlike the Stoke fans that burnt his shirt. Yeah, no, I think I think I'd agree with most of what you said there. I think Chikorito is the only truly exciting one, and I think John, even watching the game yesterday when Arnautovic put the ball over the bar, we sort of both agreed. You know, he's just. He looks like, and has looked like in the past four Stoke, that he's just, you know, an average, averagely consistent uh, Premier League world-class player. player. He's, not, he's not world-class, Sean. Not yet, he's anyway. He's got the attitude. He's got world-class attitude, man. 
Is that all you it's need? It's called a chip it? on your shoulder. Did you, did you did you see his bit with the Swiss guy with with like doing the rap song on on Snapchat? I didn't know. Yeah, it, it had attitude. Well, I mean, I think I think Arnautovich is one of those um, Premier League players that will have a good game, one in six, and look really quality. And that will often seem to be against us. But I mean, like, you know what? sort of the whole pros the whole you look at the whole way the transfers have gone in over the last few seasons and realistically we have spent was it how much was he in out of it was he 25 sean no and and out of it so i, j- I just want to do that from the finance and out of it, 20 million up to four of add-ons uh chikorito was 16 million sabaletta and and hart were three so if you look at the outgoings, net spend, and, and even Slavon Bilic said this in his interview, and we talk about it with um, we talked about it with David Gold just a minute ago. The net spend was ten million. That's brilliant business. I've also calculated about four hundred twenty thousand pound a week in wages went out the door from everybody we let go or sold or end the loans, and 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 the new incomings have been four hundred twenty the other way. So we've balanced the books. Great bit of business. I don't get the people who say. You know, spend a hundred million. You don't. You don't need to. Yeah, you don't need to spend Great all the money you pay the bank. But you do well need to realise. You do really need to realise that we have spent forty million in the last two seasons on IU and Anatovic. You know, it sort of puts it in a little bit of a perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, and we might be they spending are not another the thirty million. Player, this and week, that's big money, isn't it? More of that later. But it is, it is. It was last this season. It probably ain't twenty millions. Seems to be ridiculously. The sort of money you're going to spend, but don't get a lot heart. of value now. That's the no. problem for 20 million. We're spending 20, everybody else is spending 30, 40 on a player. We're not so Spurs, we're still statistic- not Spurs. Well, yeah, but perhaps Spurs have already built a good, good enough team. It's, so they it's don't from your starting point, isn't it, Sean? Spurs is a different starting point, you know. I, I mean, think. Like how many people watched, watched England the other month or the other week when Joe Hart was in goal and thought he should be England's number one still? I watched them two goals going against Scotland and thought it was time for Butland. And then three weeks later, he's signed for West Ham. Oh, you know, come he, on, John. Just get behind. Get, say something positive about our new signings, right? Get behind oh, your think, team, I mean, man. I think, I think Hart's a, 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 decent, a decent keeper. He probably is the next level up from Adrian, but he like... But... Like um, Nigel says, he's, he's only a short term. Sabaleta, he's, he's a he's better a right back player, than we've Zabaleta. had in a long time. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Arnautovic, half decent. He's better than Faguli. Chicharito, probably the well, best. Probably I'm the not best being funny. That ain't no claim to fame, is it? Arnautovic, he's better than Faguli. I mean, if that's the best we can come up with Did for you? him, to be fair, <laughs> just, I ain't really good, is it? Just to digress a minute, have you seen the amazing scenes from Istanbul Airport yesterday when when uh, Faguli was absolutely mobbed by thousands of Galatasaray fans at the airport? It was it was like he was some the Pope Superstar. of <laughs> It was amazing. They do tend to do that, don't they? They like yeah. a new signing. Yeah. But, I mean, now all in context, those people that thought those four signings were going to make us be able to beat Man United away first game of the season, yeah. you know, I don't get it. I think I think Zabaleta is is a solid option for at least a year. Um, although I was listening to Talk Sport in and around the time we signed him, and a lot of City fans were ringing in saying he was the reason they were losing so many games last year, being beaten down the wings by fast wingers. 
and and he struggled. He did struggle. I know he was up against two of the fastest players in the league yesterday in in Rashford and Martial, but he did struggle with that, didn't he? Yeah, he did. As, as David Sullivan said on Talksport in his recent interview, I bought for now. It's a short term option. I bought for now, not for the future. And 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 you know, next season, then we will buy more for the future. Um, but I, I, I'm quite happy with our transfer business and it's not done yet. It's not done yet. Nicely linked there, Sean. I saw you, you noticed I've got my hand up as well, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, well done. Uh, so we're now going to the, the rumoured or pretty much confirmed transfers that are being talked about now. Starting with Faguli. Obviously, we just talked about his arrival to Istanbul yesterday. It looks like, is it official yet? I'm not sure. I'm no, Galatasaray have, have said we're in negotiations. So they've offered us four and a half million euros, which is about four million quid. They're going to pay him about £16,000 a week. He's on £75,000 a week with us because a lot of that's made up with this signing on fee. And and the bone of contention still is we offered him um, a, a four and a half million pound signing on fee and or was it euros? I can't remember. And over three years. So we paid the first year. We haven't paid the other two years. And he says, I want the rest of the signing on fee. And then we're saying to Galatasaray, will you pay it? And they said, we're not paying it. So there's been a dispute. But the fact he's travelled to Galatasaray, you know, the fact that he's out there in, you know, in, in Turkey must mean that this is very close to, and he's been hero worshipped already. It would be very embarrassing if... Um, Galatasaray can't close the deal, won't it? And and the big thing is it's 75 grand off our weekly wages as well. He was a, one of the highest earners in the club. Yeah, but we've got to give him three and a half million to go away. Well, I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure. I think there was a negotiation on that. I don't think we have given him three and a half million. That's another story for another time. We'll ask X. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then... I mean, the exit of Faguli does look like it will allow the arrival of Carvalho. Is is that dependent on on Faguli going? Do we think it is in part? But there's still no deal done. I know a lot of people have got carried away and said he's on a plane, he's coming, he's he's doing a medical, etc. Um, but but I spoke but we to want him, don't we? We do want him, but we're not going to pay forty million. You know, we we uh, Clarence Hume. We spoke to our senior source this morning, who said, "Yeah, we're putting a second offer." Basically 30 million quid, but we're not going above that. That's our full and final offer. We are not, I mean, what's that work out? 33 million euros or whatever. We're not paying. The the president wants, and this was in Portugal newspaper day called, I think it's a sport, um, or the record it's called. They, that the, the owner, the president wants 38 million euros plus 5 million euros bonuses and add-ons on top of that. And West Ham won't pay that. That the the agent wants him to come to West Ham. The player wants to get West Ham. Late today, Marseille have come in and thrown their hat in the ring. Allegedly, it might be agent talk. Um, but the player's got his heart set on the Premier League and and, and the London Stadium. So there you go. Um, the London he Stadium. He, he, he wants that big screen. I mean, <laughs> what other drawer? He, he saw the Athletics and he said, "I want to be there." <laughs> We haven't mentioned any of that, have we, on the no. on your running list? There's no. not enough time. Next week. No. no. Okay. Uh, so, Snodgrass. Well, I was just going to say on Carvalho, I think before before Sunday, I didn't really see how he was fitting in with obi Kiarty and Noble, but it does look like we're going to need some backup in that area if we have inconsistent performances. Mm-hmm. Nigel? 
On the Cavalio, do you not think that we should just pay... The, he has got a release fee. We know what it is. Why are we mucking about? How much is it? It's, I just told you, it's 38 million euros, but they want on top. That's the fee, is it? Yeah. It's, well, it's been, been said to be 39 million euros, but that's not what's quibbled between a million euros. Um, they, they don't think it's worth that, and they're not going to pay it. You but can't be held to ransom. Fee. You're here in part two, David Gold, talking about exactly this. So wait for part two of David Gold answering that question. Out next week. Out next week. Okay, Snodgrass and his... Impending exit. I know. Uh, I know. I think you said earlier, Sean, that we're looking and listening for offers. Um, well, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a rumour that he's going to Villa, but but you know, Sam Matafay spoke to S- Steve Bruce and he said, no, we haven't got the money. The chairman of Villa has said it's a fake rumour and he's not going to to Villa. Um, I, I put some, some feelers out and some people in the championship and they said no they, they can't afford his wages he's on 60 grand a week they do want rid of him right without a doubt they don't think he fits in and I'm not I'm not going to be unfair and say any more than that but the, what I got to told today and whether it's a smokescreen or not but a very close source to the club said he's injured at the moment genuine injury I got told and he's waiting for the results of the scan. Now, whether that's a smoke screen, I'm just repeating what I was told. I got a lot of grief for saying this on Twitter earlier, saying X said this, X said that. Well, we've got different opinions. This is what I was told. He's got genuine injury. We're waiting the results for the scan. But I do understand there's no place for him at West Ham. And if an offer comes in before deadline date, he will go. Nigel? Yeah, I've, 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 I've got to the bottom of this. I think people mistook his Scottish accent when he was off, he said, and I'm off to my villa. And people thought he was off to Aston Villa. <laughs> and actually, he was off to his villa in Spain on holiday because he's gone. Oh, you've got, you got to do a sound effect for that one. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, and then Jota. I mean, I don't know much about him. Jota, Jota. Um, I know he's at yeah, Brentford. Well. Well, he was asked, so um, Slavin was asked about him at the press conference on, on Friday. And he said, look, he's a guy I like. We know we've been looking for him. Basically, if Snodgrass goes out, Jota comes in. Simple as that. And Adrian could be on his way, given now he's now done well, the pecking order. Well, Adrian wants to go. As you know, he, he he's had. A, there's been a small offer of three and a half million from uh, Palace. Um, he wants to go. Um, actually, again, Slav talked about it on 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 Friday, saying uh, I thought I could do him a favour, and you know, one of them went first, but the chairman don't want to let him go, and that's exactly true. The chairman have refused a bid from Palace. They say to him, "We want you to stay. We don't want you to go. We haven't got any other options. We haven't got another keeper lined up. So we're not we're not we're not um we're not letting you go, Adrian. You know, if you put in a transfer request, that might be different. Um, and finally, just to finish I've been told absolutely no more strikers uh, and this is a choice and, and I'll be shouted at this by John but that is a choice of Slavin Bilic. Slavin Bilic said he was offered do you want any more strikers by the board and I was told absolutely no we don't want any more strikers I have faith in Andy Carroll and Sacco coming back as a backup um, for Chikorito and they're going to be his three main strike force. Don't shoot the messenger shout, I'm just passing on the message. Shout away John. I'm not going to shout at you about that. If that's what you have your information tells you, then that's fine. I mean, we have got some sort of backup in the in the youth as well, haven't we, for the strikers? So I think that Martinez has looked all right. 
But what I was going to say about Adrian is that this is World Cup year, isn't it? He just yeah. broke, just broken into the Spanish squad. Yeah. And they're now sort of refusing him the chance to play first team football. Yeah. That's really the only yeah. reason Joe Hart's come to us, isn't it? Let's face it. Yeah. It's a little that, that smacks me of a little bit sort of ungracious by our board if they are stopping him from going. Time will tell um, whether I still get my bet in, um, but but the ops are slipping of everything going everywhere else. But I think we're about out of time on the transfer stuff, aren't we? We are. We, we, can we do a quick uh, Facebook, Twitter question time? Oh, you just ruined it, Sean. It's time for this. It's the return of Facebook, Twitter question time. It's where we ask you, the listener, to get in touch with us, the podcast at facebook.com forward slash more than just a podcast, or on Twitter at more TGA podcast. And we'll start with Twitter today. Um, so we put out on the Facebook and Twitter earlier, the boys are back tonight. Well, I didn't. You sure you put this disclaimer. The boys are back tonight after the summer break. <laughs> new season, new technology, new presenter, and a new interview with David Gold. Send in your messages of goodwill, questions or statements of fact before 7.30 tonight. So we start over on Twitter. This is my favourite one. Welcome back, Sean. It's been a while. Question for the podcast. <laughs> is this British's <laughs> last year with us? Um, and that's from the New Zealand Hammers. Sean. Sorry, what was the question? Is this British's last year with us? Um, He'll be given to January to prove himself. Right, so there won't be any Clarence Hugh polls early on. <laughs> um, he will. I mean, the jury's still out, isn't it? And yeah, yeah, the jury is still out. And we'll see. Ask me again in January, but but nothing will happen before January, and we 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 we'll give a see where we are in January. But whether well, we get a new deal or not. What would happen if Benitez resigned late next week? I don't think anything would happen if Benitez was resigned. I don't think they would just go out and get Benitez. I don't think they would. They they stick by their managers, whatever you say. Um, anyway, move on. Nothing to see here. Uh, and then the other one was from Sarith, who says, uh, well, actually, he said, firstly, in response to, I guess, guess who our new presenter is. He said, if it's Snodgrass, I swear to God. Well, it's not. It's an hydrocarbon. I don't know if that's better or worse. Um, <laughs> and the, better at the moment. Another question from Sarif was, who is at fault for yesterday's 4-0 kicking? Are we going to blame anyone in particular? Nigel. Yeah, I blame, I blame Nigel as well. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll accept full responsibility. Hugh's view. The, I blame Hugh's view. Um, for the manner of defeat. I'm very sorry. I'd like to apologise to everyone. Um, I only thought it'd be 3 0, so I am disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I blame the World Championship Athletics. Oh. And I blame George yeah, for putting a bet on Chikorito, uh, not Chikorito, for Lukaku to score a hat trick. I did. <laughs> not gonna I was lie. disappointed he didn't, actually, because I have put him in my dream team. <laughs> so yeah, me too. I was thinking, As a well, we'll rack up the points if we get him beat. Yeah. And then we move over to Facebook. Um, Sergi Novish says, would you sack Bilic and replace him with Pardew today? No. no. Go away. No, I wouldn't either. No. 
Ian McGregor says, no one must be a player coming off the bench. He really struggled. Our team is too easy and teams just walk right through our spine. That is why we ne- we must sign Carvalho. Really concerned about our defence. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, Nova will be a bench player, especially if we do sign, <laughs> uh, do sign Carvalho. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, he's our captain and he's our leader. And I'm... We've got loads of leaders now. No, we've got Hart, we've got yeah, Nigel. I'm sorry. We've got to be no. real, haven't we? I mean, I love Martin Noble, don't get me wrong. And I'd love him to be, I mean, two years ago, the season he had when uh, we finished in the top half of the table and, you know, Pyatt and, and all that, he was incredible. And it was disappointing he didn't get in the England team. But I think, you know, it's, it's only a matter of time for him, especially... If we have Kiyate fit, Obiang fit, and we do get Carvalho in, how good is Carvalho? Is he that good? Well, he's a, he starts in the Portuguese first team, who won the Euros. So does Font. Yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, Alexander McFarlane says, "Can Slaven motivate the players truly? Organisation and leadership, plus a few inept performances, were the order of the day yesterday." Yeah. He can, and I think there's enough characters now. There's a lot of personalities now in that team. I think Chikorito, I think Zabaleta and Hart will will create an atmosphere and help Slav um, in winning the hearts and minds of the players and creating an, a new kind of camaraderie uh, among the team. I I hope I hope that the attitude of like Chicharito and Zabaleta sort of lifts them a, a notch makes them gets a more of a demand of them and they all sort of as a group try to produce more than they have done in the past Ed Hawthorne says are we better off with three or four at the back I'm going to stick with actually I might I might say three why not I'll go for three as well five <laughs> really five at the back <laughs> oh, after yesterday yeah well three centre halves Two wing backs, but the wing backs would have to be Zabaleta and Masuaku. Masuaku or Creswell. Creswell. Either. Not bothered, to be fair. They're both as good as each other. They both have I their think... faults and they both have their good points. So yeah, I think Creswell's Creswell... more attacking, actually. So perhaps Cresi, yeah. See, I think Creswell's a better, a better defender than Masuaku. That's just what I think. And then on to uh, Neil Partridge. Hello, Neil. He says, I think, once again, too much negativity after one game. It does the team no good. It does the manager no good. Let's give the players and the team time to get used to each other in a competitive environment. Then we can start the serious debate of where we are. William Carvalho to replace Noble, good or bad, at the 30-plus million mark. For me, a great addition, age 26, he should be coming into his prime. I think it's a good addition. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, Ed Hughes says, "Are West Ham fans drama queens? So much negativity after the opening <laughs> yeah, game of the season absolutely. against arguably absolutely. favourites for the title. Lots of potential with the players being brought in. Just need time to bed in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. big drama flip queens. Flops. They're flip flops. They're football fan flip flops. They're up. They're down. They're up. They're down. They're flipping. They're flopping between what they think. It's great fun to watch. To be fair, to just sit back and watch some of the idiots on Twitter and some of the vloggers." I mean, yeah. it is great comedy. It is. <laughs> Come on. We love... Let's, let's give him a name. Let's uh, our favourite ginger vlogger. What, Jay? From Mamoran Jay. Talk. Jay. <laughs> talk. It's I classic. I mean, I, he's special. Very special. 
what, how big do you reckon that cupboard is he sits in? I bet he lives at home with his mum, doesn't he? I mean, I know. come on. Hilarious. Anyway, uh, big shout out to yeah, you, Jay. Big, yeah, we love you, Jay. Keep doing uh, it. It's funny. <laughs> Keep it real. Keep yeah. it real, Jay. Uh, Ed also says, what kind of side do you want to see Slav put out against Cheltenham? I think play a strongest team. They need time to to, yeah. to bond and gel as a yeah, team. Absolutely. Why not? There's yeah, an awkward up front. Shergar out wide. You know, get get down to Cheltenham. Get good. Get the good runners yeah. on on the firm ground. I think we'll bring it on. Hang on. Uh, Greg Milker says, "So glad you guys are back. It's good therapy for that bottom of the table feeling." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we are. Bottom we? of the table. We're we are bottom, bottom of the, table. the podcast we table the feeling. Yeah. <laughs> But then Huddersfield have been on top of the league longer than um, Tottenham won it for the last two years. Yeah. So, uh, then that's it for Facebook Twitter question time. So all that's left now is our predictions for Saturday. Saints away, as you would say, Sean. Um, I'm going. Is anyone else going? No. I'm not going. No. I'll, I'll be in Spain. In fact, you know, I hope to join you from Spain on our new technology from uh, Fingerola. Um, so how did you say that? Fengarola. Oh, right, okay. Uh, I'm gonna go for two. I'm gonna go for a two-nil win because Southampton haven't scored at home in eight oh, hours. I was over eight hours, and I think I'm gonna go for, back. I'm gonna go for my famous one-nil. I'm gonna get it in fast before the other two pick it. You can't pick the same thing. Uh, I'm gonna go for a draw because they haven't scored for eight hours, so they're bound to score against us. So I'm gonna go for a one-all. I, I was thinking nil-nil. I mean, we haven't... When when did we last score? Tottenham, wasn't it? Was it? I mean, I we lost know. 4-0 to Liverpool, and now we've lost 4-0 to Man United, our last two league games. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's been a long podcast. Yeah, Thanks for be. bearing with us. It's been a really extra long one. Uh, that's but, it from um, me. What do we say G- now? Goodbye from me, George. Goodbye, yeah, goodbye from, me, from me, John. Cheerio now. Leaves you, Nigel. <laughs> Cheerio. Bye. Cheerio. Bye. Come on, you irons. Come on, you irons. More than just a podcast. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.